You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father John Rutten. We're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. And dynamic first hour. Uh, If you've missed any of it, you can always check it out on realpresenceradio.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Just look for Real Presence Live and you'll be able to find each half hour split up there. Um, So we're going to move the show right along to Shauna Hansen. Good morning, Shauna. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited to have you on to talk about a really cool group. Um, in the Diocese of Rapid City. Can you tell us a little bit first, before I dive into that, about who you are? Uh, sure. Uh, so I'm a parishioner at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City. My husband and I actually live a little bit uh, east of Rapid City on an acreage. He's an ag banker in New Underwood, South Dakota, small town, um, just uh, east of Rapid City. And uh, we have five grown children, um, and our youngest, Josiah, is actually a seminarian for the diocese. Um, uh, we're blessed to have five grandchildren and um, all of our kids fairly close because they're all in the RPR listening area, at least. So we're grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you belong to a really cool group of women. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, we're getting geared up here to um, celebrate uh, spiritual motherhood uh, in the Diocese of Rapid City. So um, I think, you know, I was trying to remember, but I think going back to about 2008, I think, uh, the Diocese of Rapid City's vocations office has been inviting women to become spiritual mothers and to pray for pre-seminarians and discerners uh, in our diocese. And so uh, once a year they sponsor a day... um, for spiritual mothers, just a day of renewal and prayer, and we gather together, and then we can choose to make a commitment uh, for one year again to pray for a particular priest, seminarian, or discerner. Although we don't know who that person is, the, the office assigns them to us anonymously, so it's kind of a hidden ministry, but we we uh, we promise to pray for them. And, um, and there isn't really a specific way that they call us to pray. We have lots of choices. They give us lots of resources and um yeah you just do uh, what works for you in your particular state of life so how long have you been a part of this shauna <laughs> yeah i i knew you were going to ask me that so I was really <laughs> trying to remember. <laughs> but i think you know in in 2007 the congregation for the clergy produced this beautiful document called adoration reparation and spiritual motherhood for priests and I think it was shortly after that, so maybe 2008, I'm not sure, but the first, that was the first time that the Office of Vocations had an event and, and introduced that document to women in our diocese and invited people to become spiritual mothers. So I, I know I was there then, and I think I committed myself at that time. And then um, I didn't always make it to the day of renewal that they have each year. Um, I was always invited to continue praying. and. And honestly, I kind of, um, there, there was a period of time where I was reluctant to make that commitment. And that is because I take, I take really seriously when people ask you to pray for them. Mm-hmm. I, I had an experience 
um, at one time of a friend who had a friend who was dying of brain cancer, and she, of course, was asking people to pray for him um, as he was suffering through his cancer, and uh, and then she would give updates to people, and sometimes she would run into a person who had said, I will pray for him, but then as she's giving updates, it became clear that clearly they had completely forgotten and weren't praying for them, him. And that was very hurtful to her. And, and her telling me that story really convicted my heart that when we say, I'll pray for you, we really need to do it, you know? So, so I, was a little, I was a little intimidated, like that maybe I, if I made that commitment, I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow through with it, you know, in, in the manner that I needed to. So, so I kind of backed off for a few years and then... And then I think it was like, I don't know, maybe 2014, 2015, I uh, really made a commitment to go to the Day of Renewal. And I was so inspired um, by the witness of other women, but also we had a holy hour as part of it. And uh, Father Mark invited people just to speak um, the, the needs that they saw of the priests in our diocese. Um, and we would pray for those particular needs. And it was so powerful, and I was just really felt called, right, to recommit myself to that kind of prayer. So I've been very faithful to it since 2014, um, praying for priests through this program. Beautiful. So the first question that comes to my mind is, you don't know who you're praying for. Does that make it easier or harder? Yeah, I know. There, there is a temptation to want to know, you know, but I mm-hmm. do... I do appreciate, you know, what they say about the anonymity of it and the humility of it and just the trust that you put in the Lord that, you know, He has chosen for you that spiritual son that He that needs your prayers and you just offer them to the Lord and know that He does with it what He will. And um, there's kind of a detachment in that. You don't know, you really don't know what the fruits of your prayers are. So it's an act of faith. I think it's beautiful. I like it. Um, But I understand also, like, the -hmm. beauty in knowing who you're praying for. So, yeah. Beautiful. So, Father, when you hear things like this going on as a priest, what do you think? Uh, You want my honest answer? Yeah. I think that last part is the most important part of the whole thing. Which part of the last Uh, part? That she doesn't know. Really? Yep. Uh, as a priest, my ex- and now you're just going to get the on. I don't filter much. Uh, <laughs> I I often it's it's always it's always difficult to not have ulterior motives uh, going on, and then like hmm. I'm the one praying for this person, or like I have like, and then it becomes less about the actual thing you think is the gift, and it's more about what you're receiving from it. Does that make oh. sense? So I think that the, what you just said is super important. Uh, that you don't know, um, because it keeps your intention pure. It keeps you humble before God, and it keeps you as His instrument to do what He wants you to. Um, and we're all human. I mean, I'm just as desirous and curious, and those, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like the protection for you uh, to keep it uh, what God instilled it, intended it to be. So does that make sense? I'm, uh, and I'm like right in the center. I mean, my dad was like head of the Sarah Club, and you know, I'm, uh, so I mean, I understand all of those things. Yeah. Um, but beautiful. it's yeah, it's hard to to um, yeah, it's hard to to live that. But I think that's the key. That's hugely important to me. So or I would yeah, say. my yeah, one of my wishes though, as a spiritual mother, is that 
I could, as that priest would know, the commitment that that women make for them. You know, that's the maybe a downside of it being anonymous is that I, I have heard priests question whether people really do pray for them, and I just want to holler, like, oh. yes, absolutely, I wish I could show you, you know, all the women mm. that are behind the scenes that are hidden that really are sacrificing for you, fasting for you, praying for you, you know, um, so that's, mm. that's I mean, I wish, yeah, if I, could say, yeah. if I could say anything, it would be to, to the priests, you know, and the seminarians and the discerners, is that there really are women who are just deeply dedicated to to praying for you and sacrificing for you and fasting for you. So so be assured of their prayers and be encouraged by that. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you very much for all that you do, for that so many do, for that intention, how we, it's uh, like, the, you're like Moses for us, you know, and they're, or not Moses, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron they, when he, yeah. Aaron has to hold, hold up his, his hands, hands. <laughs> yeah, his arms, yeah. you know, it's like, hey. I need help, I need help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Shauna, real quick, we, we only have a couple minutes left of our interview here. Um, can you talk about some of the fruits you've experienced participating in this spiritual motherhood? Sure. Um, well, I've been inspired, that's for sure. I've been inspired by other women and their dedication. Um, and I think one of the things that I experienced that was unexpected to me but happened almost immediately when I made a commitment to pray um, is that um, is a greater tenderness of heart for our priests and seminarians and discerners. Um, I guess a greater understanding of the burdens that they carry. And, um, and I, yeah, so... And obviously, it's touched my heart because I'm getting emotional, and I didn't think that I would. But yeah, that's just really, yeah, that's been the primary fruit that I've received. Hmm. What is it that brought that about? How did you? Can you, you know, identify it, what it, you know? You see that? You know, like yeah, how I see. You mean how I see that, or how I recognize that? Yeah, how do you heart? recognize that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think it was just like um, after I began praying for them, I would just I would see my pastor right, and I would just have this this sense of his goodness and our need to pray for him and the way that he, you know, like just a tenderness of heart toward him and a care for him um, or others that I would see. I, I, um, I was much less likely to criticize, you know, we, we all want to criticize, right? We all can be, you know, on the sidelines seeing all the things that we think our pastors ought to be doing or shouldn't be doing or should doing or, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I became very sensitive to that, like, in my own life and in when others would. You know, I have this tendency to defend them and, I don't know, just, I don't know, take them into my heart, I guess. Hmm. So. Yeah, the that's pure good. definition of motherhood right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That is so beautiful. And um, is this something that is done throughout other dioceses? Do you know, Shauna? Yeah, absolutely, it is. And it kind of has takes different forms in different places. But like I know when we were, um, when I worked, I worked for the vocations office for several years. And when we would be preparing for the day of renewal, you know, I was looking online. There are a lot of resources online that you can. Um, look to. There's a great book out there by Kathleen Beckman called Praying for Priests, The Mission for the New Evangelization, and the Archdiocese of St. Louis has a really nice website, so I think they have a really strong program. Um, so, And then, you know, there's a, a kind of a newer apostolate called the Seven Sisters Apostolate, which is mm-hmm. a little bit different because uh, seven people, like seven women in a, in a parish, take each take a day and commit to praying for their parish priest for an hour. But, you know, there's 
they have nice resources. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's yeah, not just in the Diocese of Rapid City by any means. Yeah. Wonderful. Shauna, thanks so much for joining us and sharing spiritual motherhood with us. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks for your prayers and your ministry. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Shauna. Bye-bye. Okay, coming up next, we're going to be talking with Sister Rachel, who's actually going to be speaking at the Rapid City Annual Day of Renewal and Prayer for Spiritual Mothers. So we're going to see what Sister is going to be talking about at their retreat coming up September 12th. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. There's a particular genius about Catholic Radio in that one of the challenges that we have, I think, particularly in this modern world, is precisely to learn how to listen, to really listen. I do a lot of spiritual direction with college students and others in in different walks of life, and one of the most common questions or issues that people bring up is the challenge that they face when striving to hear God, that they don't hear Him. Like, is he talking, you know? Is he communicating? And what that points to is not so much their fault as the the reality that we need to learn how to listen to God. We need to learn how to really deeply listen. It's not an automatic thing. It, It doesn't simply just happen just by accident. And the preponderance of information that we we started the hour talking about, um, a lot of that has a way of disabling our capacity to really listen. And so the beauty of Catholic Radio is that you don't have an image. You don't have a lot. It's simply a voice. And it, it really is an invitation to just listen. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. I'm joined by Father John Rutten. We're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's been a fantastic morning. We just got done talking with Shauna Hansen out of the Diocese of Rapid City, and she was talking about uh, spiritual motherhood. And now we're going to move on to Sister Rachel with the servant of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary. Sister Rachel, thanks for joining us. 
Thank you so much. It's a gift to be with you all this morning. Well, and I we enjoy talking with Shauna Hansen. She talked about the fruits of spiritual motherhood, kind of what spiritual motherhood was and how the Diocese of Rapid City um, is using spiritual motherhood. And you're actually going to be the speaker at their annual day of renewal and prayer. So before we dive into that, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, sister? Yes. So we are, our community is from Miami, Florida. We are a religious institute of diocesan right, founded in 1990 by Mother Adela Galindo, our foundress, who is still alive and is just such a beautiful gift to the church, to each one of us. Um, So we the four of us that are serving now in Rapid City in this diocese, we all came from different dioceses in which we were previously serving. Our institute serves, we have missions in Rome, in the Diocese of Phoenix, Arizona, Peoria, Illinois, St. Augustine, Florida, Orlando, Florida, and of course, in the Archdiocese of Miami. So it's a big change. Most of us um, were coming from Florida, actually, before coming to Rapid City. So it's the furthest northwest our community has been so far, and it's it's been a gift to be able to... Um, serve and to experience the church uh, in this part of the country. Beautiful. Well, and I'm sure the Diocese of Rapid City is just thrilled to have you sisters there. Um, so speaking of the annual day of renewal and prayer, what kind of, um, what are you hoping to talk about at this retreat? Yeah, thank you. So there is just so much rich teaching of our church uh, about um, not only who Our Lady is, um, as an icon for womanhood, but in particular for, for any, any female vocation. So whether we're called mm. to married life or whether we're called to consecrated life, all women are called to look to Our Lady to see how she's called to walk that path to holiness proper to her vocation. And within that, as Shauna was sharing before, there's almost a call within a call that, that many women are often invited into to be able to offer their sufferings, their lives, their, their prayers, certainly, for the sanctification of priests and also for an increase of vocations. So firstly, I, I guess Our Lady is, is going to be at the forefront of our day, looking to her as the icon of the feminine heart, who is called, like St. John Paul II said, it's so beautiful you're broadcasting from that parish today, yeah. as John Paul said, that women, um, the order of love takes its primary roots. In, in the woman's heart. He said that in um, his document, Mulieris Dignitatem, on the dignity of women, which he promulgated in 1988. But his theology on the genius of women and the dignity of women is just as much true, if, if not the more so relevant today. And so John Paul and Our Lady are going to be the stars of our morning and our, our time of reflection together to be able to see how is it exactly that that order of love, how do we see it in Our Lady lived? How do I embrace it? in my proper vocation. So most of the women that will be coming will be married women or, or lay women. Uh, to, but to be able to see how um, then each one of us, us as spiritual mothers, who by vocation, spiritual motherhood is, is our proper portion, so to speak, no, being brides of Christ and mothers of souls. Um, but then how also lay women participate in that spiritual motherhood, because we all uh, receive from and look to Our Lady, who is bride and who is mother. So I guess Our Lady and John Paul, in simple words to sum it up, would be um, the, the stars of our, of our day. So what are you hoping the women walk away knowing after they hear and experience this day? That they would understand, I guess, that even beyond their own offerings and prayers, that Our Lady's heart is for them um, just an ocean of, of grace 
um, her mantle is, is, is their strength, you know, to be able to rely on her even more than on perhaps the tendency to think it's what I'm doing for, you know, these, these priestly hearts or for these seminarians or for those discerning. It's allowing her to transform my heart to be more like her immaculate heart so that just I can simply be a greater channel of grace for souls um, to increase God willing, the consciousness of Our Lady's maternity over each one of these women, to then allow that maternal heart of Our Lady to expand their hearts for even greater uh, intercession, offering, and reparation towards priests and seminarians and those discerning. Wow. That's kind of a tall order, sister. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tall order. (laughs) But but very accessible, actually. You know, if you uh, take a step out, I think it's beautiful. Um, what you are inspiring in women um, and mothers um, as you come to this annual day of renewal. Um, So for you personally, um, how have you been approaching this day? Has it been, um, what is, I guess I'm asking you personally, Mm -hmm. what is your relationship with praying for the priests? Yes, thank you. So, um, Specifically and personally, um, it, it's hard to speak from a totally personal level in the sense that we as religious, our, our entire um, identity is, is really um, rooted in and, and totally colored by, shaped by the charism of our religious institute. And so for us, disturbance of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary, we are a Marian charism of religious life. And so for us, all of our vows, we take um, the three evangelical councils. We profess poverty, chastity, and obedience, as all religious do. But some religious, as you may know, take a fourth vow. And we profess uh, a totally unique and very beautiful gift, as you were saying, a tall order. That's how we feel that immense weight of that gift and task of our fourth vow, which is total Marian identification and availability, which is essentially to be able to be the heart, person, and mission of Mary in the Church and in the world today. So for me personally, I, I speak from that perspective of mm. striving to, to really live that fourth vow, allowing Our Lady mm-hmm. to live in me. Just like St. John the Baptist said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that we the mm-hmm. servants strive to say in a similar way, it's no longer I who live, but Our Lady who lives in me. So, um, from that perspective, then, what was Our Lady's relationship with priests? And, of course, hers is a totally unique role. Um, not Even no, no religious foundress or, or, or sister, no matter how holy they may be, would ever be able to be who Our Lady is for priests. But um, certainly a very close participation in that. Um, to exercise that spiritual motherhood precisely from the perspective of being a home as, as much as we can, and not in a maternalistic way. There's a distinction that needs to be made between having a maternal heart and being maternalistic. Um, but letting our heart be a home where they can rest, where they can know that um, we are loving and serving the same children that they are giving their lives for. You know, they give their life for the bride of Christ, so too do we give our life for our Lord and for His children. Um, so to be able to find a, a strong and, and sure and humble and, and pure um, home in, in us and in, in just allowing Our Lady to be seen in us, that her purity and her beauty and her goodness would be reflected. And so I guess all this to say, to be able to say how does it relate to our relationship to praying for priests and to ministering to them is simply to be able to let Our Lady be free in us. And to let them to be able to see her, to be able to rest in her presence, to be able to know that they can collaborate. Um, of course, our, our prayers, our offerings, our sacrifices 
our everyday for the priests and the bishops, principally the bishops and the priests that we serve under, with, and for in communion and service of their missions. Um, so essentially, letting Our Lady be free to, to live in us and to participate in her maternity, um, her, the offering of her heart and her life for the sanctification of, of priests. Sister, you just answered a huge question uh, for me in regard to the previous speaker when, she, when we were talking about whether the, uh, the people knew who they were praying for. Mm-hmm. And I think this is it, that the priest needs, the seminarian, whoever needs a place in which they can rest. They need mm-hmm. the Marian dimension, and the Marian dimension doesn't need anything from the priest. And so it's not mm-hmm. that we don't obviously want people to know that we're praying for us or all of those factors, but the the place in which I as a priest rest most is, a, is someone who really needs nothing who really is this place that there's rest. And yes. so anytime there's the ministry becomes something in which the priest needs to give again, right? it's no longer a place of it's rest. It's no longer a gift. So thank you so much, sister. It's really beautiful. Oh, praise God. Thank you for sharing that, Father. Yeah. The priest needs a place to rest. No expectation. It's just, uh, uh, and in a sense, that place of rest, then you discover, oh, and then we're all after the same thing. You and your way, right. me and my way. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it's like, but in, right. in, in the culture today, so much can be expected of the parish. So much can be expected of the priest to solve the, the chaos of the world or the deep needs of humanity. Um, mm-hmm. And so you need that place to rest to realize, oh, I need to recalibrate. This isn't, this isn't my work. This is his work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when you rest, you discover that heart that beats for love of all people. Well, and I think, oh, too, wow. I'm okay. appreciative, Sister, because I think she, we talk about the hands and feet of Christ so often, but we don't think about the hands and feet of Mary. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. thinking about this. We even, we even have priests who are in persona Christi Capitis. We have the bishops who are the successor of the apostles. But I was thinking, I'm like, we don't have like a, success, a successor of Mary. Or we don't have like the, the office of Mary. Or we don't have, it's, I yeah. don't know. That's going to be like a long journey of prayer for me now to think about. I wonder what that, oh. yeah. We need the hands and feet of Mary. Beautiful. And especially in this Marian era, you know, that St. Louis de Montfort prophesied that really we're living in, in, in this Marian era in a particular way. So you can see how the need for Our Lady's uh, presence in the Church really is, 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 is so visible and, and clear. Beautiful. Sister Rachel, it's been a pleasure to talk with you this morning and get to know you a little bit better. And um, the ladies will be sure lucky to have you at their annual day of renewal. Thank you. Yes, oh, well, amen. Praise God. God bless thank you, you all. Father, Be praying for your you. mission. Oh, that's a great gift. Thank you so much. God bless you all as well. All right. Thank you. Okay, we're moving right along, and Father John, you're up next. Oh, boy. Do you know where we left off? I do. Okay, good. <laughs> we're going to hear more about Father's Father John Rutten's uh, vocation story and just his journey um, and such a blessing to hear it. So thank you. Got to come Father. back. You're going to hear about uh, when I became a dad. Okay. So, <laughs> more? Just a little teaser. <laughs> right after this, stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 